tell your friends, the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And as we uh, head into the holiday season, Mark, um, our buddy Rusty Mace out in uh, Southern California yeah. sent a picture yeah. from uh, the port of Los Angeles, you know, around yes. Long Beach. Yes. <laughs> because we keep hearing about how we're not going to get our toys for Christmas because right. they're all out on ships that can't get in or that are being stopped. And right, yeah. Golly gee whiz, Beef, I didn't see that. You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> so look at this. The cruise ships are moving just fine. Why? <laughs> and all yeah. of this other stuff. Is <laughs> Everything's fine. So, yeah. We're going to have to uh, have to talk with him a little something bit. Something fishy's going on. He posted, a lot of fishy is going on. He, he posted some whale watching video from uh, from somewhere. Uh, Cabo. Yeah. I think he said that we were they were in, uh, in Cabo. Yeah. And uh, uh, he and his wife and the yeah. and the whale watching video was something. I I yeah. got I got momentarily jealous. I had to pray about it. You know. Well, <laughs> you know what, Mark? That's good for you, and that's a great. You know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because that, that's something I'd like to do. I'd like to go whale watching sometime. And I don't yeah, I mean do I don't mean at the Every mall, morning you know? when I get out of the shower <laughs> and I stand in front of the mirror, that's exactly what I'm doing. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be here all week, I think. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac Show, and uh, we do appreciate you joining us each day. I, we say that every day, or we try to, but... We do appreciate y'all listening, and we yeah. do appreciate when you share it with a friend, neighbor, loved one, or you know, just some random stranger. Mm-hmm. Just tell them, liferadio.fm. That's right. So what I feel like whenever I see somebody that I've known for a long time, hey, what are you doing now? You still working? What do you mean, what am I doing now? I thought everybody <laughs> knew this. I'm like, ah. So you're asking me if I'm still working where I was working before, and you don't know, which means you weren't exactly. listening. So no. thank you. God bless I, you. What I really yeah. love, listen to you guys every morning. Oh, really? oh man. Where, where, where do you listen? Oh, in Birmingham on DJC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, sure. Thank oh, you. Thank you. God All right, Mark. <laughs> Uber Eats mm-hmm. is getting into the diaper delivery business, and I have to ask you, is it the used diaper <laughs> business? I just or? don't know. Okay. I don't really want to know about that part of it. Uh, uh, Uber Eats. I actually do want to know about that, Mark. <laughs> it's, I'm serious. I'm not a customer anyway, or even a potential customer, so... Uber Eats introduced a new delivery category, babies and kids. <laughs> we can stop there and have fun with it. They're going to be delivering babies and kids. It's for parents in need of emergency diapers or and thermometers. Emergency diapers. That's a bad situation to be in. Wow. <laughs> it's the latest in a series of new verticals launched by Uber Technologies during the pandemic, including the delivery of groceries, prescriptions, alcohol, and flowers. Uber's partnering with national brands, including Bye Bye Baby and Bed Bath and Beyond. They are also creating exclusive partnerships with direct to consumer companies like uh, organic baby food brand Yumi. From it may be yummy, I don't know. From June to August, <laughs> from June to August, there were more than twenty thousand searches for baby supplies on the Uber Eats app, including diapers, baby food, and wipes. That's according to Beryl Sanders, the head of partnership for new verticals for the U.S. and Canada. Wait a minute, for Uber is Eats. Beryl related to Colonel? <laughs> I don't know. Think about it. You kind of get your chicken in a barrel. Uh, yes, you do. There you, this is the guy he named everything out. Okay, got it. I'm with I just you. Got to send a uh, I need to send that SASE for a uh, picture with an autograph. Mm, yes, you do. And maybe you'll get back a bucket of chicken. Um, <laughs> the Beryl Sanders, who we think may be related to Colonel Sanders, says we're we were hearing it internally too from a lot of new parents. Sanders says in a phone interview, there is often in parenting an immediate need for a product. If your baby's running a fever, you need that thermometer. Why don't you already have that thermometer? That's I, what I want to know. The yeah. online baby product industry is going to generate $9.9 billion, with a B in revenue this year, according to IBIS World. You and I need to start a business that just think about the stupidest thing we could do, Mark, and let's do it. <laughs> home delivery. There you go. We got you, you know, <laughs> and, and the dumbest thing that you could possibly want to home deliver would probably get rich. Yeah. Life radio.fm. It is the Mark and Max show. And 
proof positive that you can buy something on Facebook Marketplace and not get ripped off. You picked up a uh, table saw, right? Yeah, I did. I picked Man. up a table saw and uh, and I got it home and it's working. And I'm very... But it's still in the back of the car, right? It is, you yeah. get it home and plug it up? Well, I, we plugged it in at the guy's house. Oh, okay. You know, plugged See, just, it in and he demonstrated he said, it all for me. When you yeah. told me, yeah, it's still in the back of the truck. Yeah. I laugh because, you know, my daughter Hannah is a, uh, well, I mean, just because of her age and stuff and the fact that I raised my kids with give a hoot, don't pollute and the yeah. crying Indian and all that. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, we don't have in our neighborhood that the pickup for recyclable stuff, hmm. but with Braylon learning about recyclables and Hannah being all about it, we have two separate bags in the kitchen, but while she's really all about making sure we recycle things, uh, and bagging it up and all that, she's uh-huh. not really about moving it from the kitchen to the, you know, downstairs where I could take it to a recycling place. And so, yeah. There are like three bags in my garage. Yeah. I thought they were trash. And she goes, well, the, the recycling stuff needs to go to the whatever. And uh-huh. I was like, no problem. And I, <laughs> I recycled them. Well, sort of, kind of. Well, yeah, I think, you know, what, about 50, 100 years from now? Somebody's going to dig it up and, you know. Who buried this? They might find it usable. I don't know. I don't know what kind of plastics they're going to have, uh, you know, 50 or 100 years from now, but, you know. <laughs> well, at least it's not killing sea turtles, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we'll tell them that, hey, in this area, if you dig, you might find the E.T. video game from 1983. There yeah, you go. Dig funny. away. That's funny. liferadio.fm it's the mark and max show and mark this headline screams out to me i wanted to get to it a thousand rounds of ammunition yeah. disappear Uh-oh. now no matter where a thousand rounds of ammunition disappear whether it's at a retail store or in your garage yeah. a thousand rounds of ammunition disappear you have to wonder who had them last you mm-hmm. know and start there this isn't like a set of lost keys man no no no, no. It's not. If it's you, Bubba down the street, whatever, that's one thing. But when it's the Allegheny Township Police Department, mm. that's another thing altogether. Yeah. The police chief there, uh, Dwayne, I know this is this is Allegheny. I think it's New York, but Dwayne, uh, he could be from Alabama or Georgia. Chief Dwayne Fisher didn't have to open the box delivered to his station monthly to know there was something wrong with the delivery of ammunition for his department. He says, as soon as I saw the UPS driver get out of the truck carrying the box rather gingerly in one hand, I knew something was up. The box should have weighed about 50 pounds. When we checked, there was no ammunition inside. The apparent theft of a thousand rounds of 45 caliber ammunition comes at a time when police departments are facing a low and slow supply chain. Uh-huh. Uh, he said, we need the ammunition to qualify at the shooting range for duty. But right now, there's great difficulty getting the ammo. Uh-huh. He said his department refused the delivery and sent the empty box back. Neighbors said they hope the bullets didn't fall into the wrong hands. Wow, Mr. Obvious. Thank you for pointing wow. that out. <laughs> You know what bothers me about this? What? Is in this article talking about the supply chain, talk, you know, talking about how bad it is to get. It's like this whole idea that our government is punishing Americans mm-hmm. by making it seem like we can't get stuff we need or want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all a load. But mm-hmm. you start taking away ammo from police departments. That's, you know, what you don't have to ban guns. You just work on the ammo. And, the you know, to make homemade ammo is not an easy trip. But that, that's my biggest fear. It always has been. And that eventually, they're going to figure out that they don't need to get us to turn our guns in or anything else. They just need to cut the supply of ammo. And I think right. that's where, you know, and Mark, I don't have tinfoil this morning. I kind of got my <laughs> aluminum foil. <laughs> There's something not right about this. And I'd like to get to the bottom of it. Not Holy today because I'm feeling like I need a nap. But maybe get into it tomorrow <laughs> or the next day. <laughs> well, I know that ammo has been has been kind of tight anyway. You know, there was a time which you get finding finding a three eighty and nine millimeter was tough for a while, yeah. and then the supply because I got it all. <laughs> that's that it. That's Oops. where it all went. <laughs> I did not actually no mark. I I made that up. Yeah. I did, did not. Okay. I don't have any ammo at my house or in no. Well, I don't own any ammunition for anything anywhere anytime. But if you need some, give me a call. 
Well, there have been politicians, leftist politicians, who have over and over again in the last few years been proposing uh, higher taxes on ammunition. They get shot down by the courts all the time. Uh, They've been trying to uh, impose certain tariffs on ammunition. They've been trying to make it more difficult to buy ammunition because they know that is what you just said. That's the route. That's the way to do it. And but they keep getting shot down. And the thing is that they get shot down because they end up in a court with a with a constitutionally savvy judge, somebody who knows really what the law actually is. And the problem, though, is that we have certain people, certain groups of people who are pushing for judges to be appointed or and or elected or whatever their state does in areas which are conservative areas. But these judges are all not conservative. They're all liberal uh, leftists. And we're starting to see see cases land in those courts, and they're not going the constitutional direction, and they're doing as much damage as they can that way. So it's really important everywhere we live, wherever you may be listening, it's important to pay attention to your local judge uh, situation, where they're being appointed, where they're being elected, whatever, and make sure that they really are constitutionally conscious judges and they're they're conservative people who are going to make judgment based on the Constitution and not interpreting the Constitution, because otherwise they will make sure that your rights are taken away from you because your rights don't line up with their views. And that's not how things are supposed to work. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show where every day we look at the news just like you do every day. We consider the options, and every day we still show up and do this. <laughs> Something's wrong with us, man. <laughs> Something's seriously wrong with us. It has been for a long time. <laughs> Who cried when old Yeller died? You know. <laughs> We're 10 and 1. <laughs> Yikes. A stripes on the brain, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, you know right. how that happens where you'll have a movie or a song? Oh, no. Puff the Magic Dragon just went in my head. <laughs> oh, man. It was a movie and a song at the same time, Mark. Oh, Bless come on. Replace it with something else, man. Does that happen to you? Where all it'll be on your brain and that's what you're going to think about? Yeah, it does from time to time. I can't be the only one, right? Yeah, it does. It happens. It happens a lot. Maybe I can help with that. No, my don't, bags. no. Last night, pre-flight, zero hour. Nine a.m. Nine a.m. <laughs> William Shatner got yeah. eleven. And I'm gonna be high. <laughs> Not from smoking that cigarette. Dude. No, no. <laughs> Just gonna. Have, mm. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> got eleven. <laughs> when you why want- is he so hypersensitive to the toupee stuff? I don't know. I don't know. But the way I look at it is, what is he ninety now? <laughs> Yeah, he's old. Yeah, he's ninety. He's had a you know. He's been out there. If he wants to wear a rug, that's fine. Yeah, whatever. He, I no problem with it. But he just went out. Or, you know, he went to space. Yes. Um. And and did you see where one of the guys that actually went to space with him a few weeks ago was killed in a plane crash last week? I just saw. I saw that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! All I could think of is think of the guy was like forty seven, forty eight, something yeah. like that, yeah. and. You talk about the impermanence of life. He just survived a trip into space with Captain Kirk mm-hmm. and comes back to planet Earth and get and dies in a plane crash. Wow. Yeah. It just, a heart attack would be better, you know, than a plane crash. Yeah. Well, I just, any, I, anyway. I mean, but, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it just, it just hit me how, you know, if you, if we can't recognize the preciousness of life and that nothing is guaranteed, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned yesterday, a friend of mine, Jim Jacobs, uh, his wife, Laura passed away and Mark, I uh, uh, post a couple of weeks ago on, no- I looked it up on November 4th, he posted the thing about going out to dinner and having, uh, you know, the, because of uh, many places, not having enough people to work. Um, the service wasn't good. The food wasn't good. And he posted about that on November 4th. And on November 15th at 3 a.m., she passes away. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the impermanence yeah. of life, the guarantee, you know, we're not guaranteed the next minute. Right. And yeah. it's just anyway, I, I'm not trying to get maudlin about yeah. it, but, you it's know, something, it's, it's something you don't think about when you're young. And something that there's a, I think there's a certain line you cross as far as age is concerned where it's on your mind a lot. Because you have people around you that you've known for years who are passing. They start dropping. They start passing away. And then uh, what gets me is those people that I know were health nuts when they were younger. And you don't need to be doing, you need to be out here jogging with me and working out in the gym. And I'm like, yeah, and you died at 52. I'm still kicking. (laughs) 
I had yeah. to, uh, my, uh, my doctor, my internist, uh, several years ago when we were regulating my blood pressure, there was a, t- <laughs> one of those times we, uh, we did, uh, we did weight loss stuff on our show all the time, you know, and I was always the Guinea pig because I was the guy struggling with the weight and still am. And, uh, I went into a, a, one of the weight loss places and they always took your blood pressure before you, the session. And the little girl went and got another blood pressure cuff because that one couldn't have been right. <laughs> And she comes back with that one and that one was wrong. And then she went and got somebody and they said, you just need to go to your doctor. So because my blood pressure was 200 over something, it was ridiculously high. And, uh, the doctor starts, he prescribes me uh, this cocktail of blood pressure medications to get things under control. And he says, make sure you take this one at night, this one. I said, why is that big? He said, because, um, because if there are any effects that make you, you know, drowsy or whatever, that's not going to bother you at night. And you need to make sure you're taking some of this stuff at night because X percentage of men who die of heart attacks die in the middle of the night. And at that point, I, my eyebrows went up and said, okay, you have my attention. <laughs> because the last thing in the world I want to happen is for me to croak in the middle of the night because I didn't take my blood pressure meds. <laughs> I wanted very specific instructions on that. And one of the reasons that got my attention is because the house we live in, where we live right now, my stepfather passed away in the middle of the night in this, in that, in that house. And so he had me, he had my attention big time. And so we think about that uh, when we get past a certain age, people around us are all passing away and we can joke about it if we want to, but the thing is, like you keep, like Dave keeps saying, is is it's impermanent. Your life is not forever. It could end any time. You could you could have a stroke. You could have a heart attack. You could step out in front of somebody in traffic. And the way things are today, you could be going to your mailbox across the street in the country, and somebody come around the curve, and the next thing you know, you're gone. So where are you going when that happens? Have you made that decision? I hope you have. If you're listening to Christian music, we can almost assume you have. But do you have that relationship with Jesus? Because that relationship with Jesus is all that matters. Nothing else does. None of the stuff, nothing. That relationship with Jesus is all that matters. Think about that when you think about people passing away around you. Have you made sure... LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac Show. And, you know, Mark couple of minutes ago when you were talking about knowing where you're going when, yeah. when this when our life on this earth ends where are you going mm. and it's one of the reasons we do what we do but on the main website for life radio go to liferadio.fm and there is a daily bible reading slash bible study depending on how you look at it and it's reading the bible in a year from cover to cover uh, something that I know I have talked about doing. I, I actually, I don't know if I actually ever said it out loud, you know, except to say right. I made it through to January 7th one time, you know, <laughs> actually I made it all the way into March one time, you know, and it's like you get behind wow. and you're reading it. If you start from Genesis and go all the way, you know, Genesis to revelation yeah. in order like that, it's tough. And the Bible reading actually, uh, breaks it into a, a way that, uh, it's, it's easier to understand mm. or it is for me. And I just yeah. appreciate it. So you can check it out. And there's an audio version, so uh, you don't have to read. You can actually listen. And we've said it before. While we really would like for you to listen to the show and, and to listen to what we're doing, I'd much rather you say, hey, I I would enjoy your show, but I've only got a 20-minute ride to work, and right. I'm listening to the Bible reading. Yeah. Now, I, I think that actually is is much better. But I think so, Anyway. Too. You made it all the way to March? Yeah. Wow. I know. Good for you. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, Mar- actually, it was like March 21st one time. What? Yeah. But then I missed a day. I missed two days. And next thing you know. Oh, uh, yep. Well, anyway. All right. Um, Mark, we've had a number of stories about people doing physical fitness type things right. to get in the Guinness Book of World Records or to yep. raise money for charity. Yep. Um, this is one of those times where I think, really? <laughs> you know, it does. <laughs> John Brunelli of Attleboro, Massachusetts, commemorated Veterans Day last week 
in a okay, different way. Okay, the 11, 11, 11 makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he commemorated the day a different way while he raised money at the same time. The 53-year-old Navy veteran completed 1,446 pull-ups in 11 hours and 11 minutes in honor of those who served. Brunelli has described himself as a fitness addict and started the workout just after midnight. The money Brunelli raised will go to Homes for Our Troops which is an organization that builds specially designed homes for wounded veterans. He says, I think a lot of people forget about the families, too, and what they have to go through of that mental trauma they have to go through. I think it's a great organization, and I'm privileged to be able to do this for them. The organization, which is located in Taunton, Massachusetts, builds these homes where the veteran chooses to live and continues its relationship with the veterans after some uh, home delivery to assist them with rebuilding their lives. So they're there for them even after they move in, which is a cool thing. Brunelli has surpassed his $1,111 goal and has raised more than $3,000. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. But when I see Navy veteran doing pull-ups for 11 hours, 11 minutes to raise money, I'm thinking, dude, you know, 11 hours? Yeah. I couldn't do 11 minutes. I couldn't do 11 seconds. I I, I couldn't do 11 (laughs) (laughs) pull-ups. liferadio.fm the mark and max show and i'm kind of stuck on the 11 push-up the, the 11 hours 11 minutes doing pull-ups you know yeah do you when you were in elementary school or junior high did did do you remember doing like the president's fit, physical fitness thing uh, yeah i remember that yeah okay so i don't remember I, I remember doing it in fifth grade okay i don't know what the deal was with that i just remember in fifth grade because of one person who it to this day, I still remember this kid's name, Steve Unger. Wow. Steve Unger was this guy and who he wore glasses and he kind of sat off to himself. And I, there are many stories I could tell you about Steve okay. Unger. Okay. Yeah. That are not very flattering, but you know, in, in my world, my mom, you, you would only get in trouble in my mom's world. If, and if you treated somebody improperly, without knowing them you know what i mean yeah where you just judge a book by its cover and that was a no-no in in our world with my mom and so even though people kind of dismissed steve and just left him to himself i think he got caught picking a booger when he was like in second grade okay and because of that he was kind of labeled the booger picker and it's kind of like having cooties all of a sudden this kid couldn't he couldn't catch a break with other kids yeah but i was always nice to him i mean because again that's what i was taught anyway we did this president's physical fitness day and all the guys all the guys who are the athletes in the class you know are in there doing their best and i watched steve unger do the pull-ups while the rest of us were finding ways to cheat you know turn your wrist the other way like you're doing curls or whatever yeah steve unger hops up there does the overhand thing and pops out 20 of them real quick wow i couldn't do like 10 okay (laughs) and he does 20 of them he did more than anybody and this so the whole day of this presidential physical fitness thing Steve Unger ended up being like the most physically fit, most coordinated, best athlete in the classroom. Wow. And it's a guy who always got picked last. He got picked last after the kid who had to use crutches to walk, you know? <laughs> he got picked last. Wow. He, yeah, and and here he is, and it turns out he's actually the best athlete in the class. Wow. And yeah, it's like, you know, I'm glad I learned that lesson at a very early, you know, yeah. at somewhat early age. That's because awesome. To still, I cannot name. Well, I can name one other person in that classroom, but he's the one I remember. That's amazing. I know. I just, I don't know if I remember because you know his name was Steve Unger and it reminded me of Felix. Yeah, I don't know, but mm. reminded, I don't think he ever got called the Booker Picker after that. Reminded you of Felix Unger from The Odd Couple. I thought of Steve Urkel. <laughs> Urkel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did I do that? liferadio.fm it's the mark and max show where we have the soundtrack for your life playing all day long and i hope you're sharing this with friends neighbors loved ones what have you at your church um because as we head into the holiday season uh you know one of the one of those things that needs to be fact-checked are the uh, number of uh, suicides that go up during Mm -hmm. the holidays yeah because that's not the case actually uh the time that has the most uh, this it's april 
That's when more people commit suicide than any other time of the year. Not Christmas. Taxes? Uh, and I know it's spring. It's because when spring hits and all of a sudden you feel really alone. And uh, anyway. What does that tell you about me that I thought it was taxes? I know. I, <laughs> I was thinking it. You know, people think it's a, it just gets repeated. But yeah. it goes to the truth of marketing. If you hear something over and over again, you believe it to be true. That's true. I mean, and that's Ooh, just. I, I think it's three times. That's what the surveys actually reveal survey says you hear something three times you begin repeating it to other people huh hmm. really yeah that's it mm-hmm. i three times i finally remember what the subject matter was much <laughs> less i can't do anything else all right mark a french daredevil what did he do he did something to make you frightened a yeah. french man has set a new world altitude record anything with heights come on uncle dave Dude. more than thirteen thousand feet in the air climbing up on top of a hot air balloon oh. to, yeah. to, <laughs> for for a charity telethon telethon remy uvard uvard was uh, set the record last wednesday when he stood on top of, a, of the balloon more than two miles above the surface of the earth over western france 28 year old uvard was in a white spacesuit on top of the balloon piloted by his dad the daredevil performed the stunt for france's annual telethon charity event which raises money for neuromuscular disease research he uh, he said he also held the previous record that was set in 2019 of almost 4000 feet but he now he's doing 13000 yeah <laughs> I, I started sweating the minute you started talking about it, dude. Because, you know, uh, the hot air balloon baskets are pretty shallow. And mm. that's what scared me. You know, if you've ever gotten in one of those and realized that, yeah. you know, you you know how yeah. easy it is to fall out of one of those things? Yeah. I mean, when you <sighs> think about it, they're, they're shallow. They're, the walls on the, well, not in the corners, but on the sides, they're low enough for you to hike a leg over and yes. and step into. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I. My palms are so sweaty right now, man. Well, you remember I was uh, years and years and years, a long time ago, I was on a chase crew for a, a guy who oh, was yeah. a hot air balloon pilot. So that was a, we got to help him tear down and set up. And so I got really familiar with the basket and all the other stuff. So, mm. oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I never got to fly with the guy though. Really? I never did. You was, did all the work and he wouldn't yeah, take you up? Yeah. Was on the chase crew. He, I'd be the guy on the radio. He's fussing at, where are you? I'm looking for a place to land. I and he said, would never take you up? Never did. No. Well, dude, really? Yeah. 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 I want to go find, is he still alive? I don't know. And I don't care. Let's but. go find him. No, Mark, I think this is our mission. We need to find this man and make him take you up. Uh, no, because the sides and the baskets are really low and I don't want to fall out. <laughs> Mark and Mac Mornings, only on liferadio.fm. Liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. He's Mark Congleton. I'm Dave Mack. Hi. And away we go with another wonderful day of learning things that, uh, I don't know, man, YouTube has made a lot of these uh, videos possible in terms of you would hear stories, but not know if they were true or false. Now, yeah, yeah. you go on YouTube and you can search like, all right, Mark, I get in trouble for this. <laughs> oh, Just, no. I'm saying, it, well, you know what I get in trouble for? Uh, is that Everything. <laughs> yes, everything. <laughs> and I typed in on YouTube. Uh, I was sitting in the living room. I'm on my, you know, the big yeah, TV. Yeah. And I was on, and I typed in on YouTube, fat people fails. Oh, I just no. wanted to laugh. Oh, and no. you're going to see some funny stuff if you do that. Right. Yeah. And so. Braylon, it kind of became mine and Braylon's thing. We'd sit in the car and laugh. Well, of course, the girls in the house had to suck the life out of that one. Oh, no. That's not funny. Yes, it is. That's a fat guy falling. Come on. <laughs> fat guy on a scooter. That's funny. Fat guy on a skateboard. That's funny. Oh, my God. It's goodness. fat guy fails. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but you're, you're teaching Braylon. Yes, I'm teaching Braylon. What do you expect? <laughs> I mean, my gosh. How do you think he learned the Armor Hot Dog song? It didn't just come to him in a dream. It was hot dogs. You know, I taught him that. I'm proud of that. But he gets in trouble for that at school. Well, maybe he ought not get in trouble for it. Why don't you let me go to the next conference (laughs) with his teacher? That's funny. Anyway, I say all that. Since you started bringing that kind of thing up, you know, the the fat loss uh, stuff and the the people on YouTube, I was scanning last night looking for something and ran across 1,000 pound sisters. 
Oh, yeah. Two yeah. tons of fun, man. Holy moly. Horrible. Oh, Horrible. it's terrible. Mark. Ooh. They're from, they. you know, I have family in Kentucky, okay? Yeah. yeah. My dad's from there. They're from Kentucky, too. And I don't want to claim them. <laughs> they are so, it's like, look, man, you know what? <laughs> are you saying they're giving Kentucky a bad name? You know, how, how tough is that when you can give Kentucky a bad name? Oh, my goodness. It's just, all oh, I, I'm going to, look, I don't, and you know this. I mean, we mock or have fun with sure it. Sure we fact, do, yeah. You know, when you deal with weight issues, it's like, Hello. you just, at some point in time. My you hand know, is up, yes. <laughs> I, you just, you kind of have to laugh, but yeah. I, I went, look, I spent time a couple years ago losing weight. I got back down. Yeah, you to did. my college weight. Yeah, you actually, you actually looked unhealthy. You did. I, well, you were so skinny. Yeah, they, I felt great. You know, oh, and yeah. I'm not kidding. One day, I, it was like all of a sudden, people are giving me, "Are you okay?" Uh-huh. Um, Haley had been in Wisconsin. She comes back and and it's like the first thing she asked Ladon, "Is Dad okay? Is he? Are y'all not telling me?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Fine, I'll put the weight back on." You know? Yeah. So eating ice cream every night. You know? Ooh. I mean, I did. It's like you. I already eat unhealthy, mm-hmm. but when a little while ago you were telling me about a Reese's peanut butter cup pie, yeah, and I thought, well, that's good for me, but you oh, know, I'll take three one. and a half pounds. What yeah. for you anyway? Yeah, so. yeah. Anyway, my whole point of all the fat guy fails is yes. that this story: deer spotted in Michigan with plastic pumpkins stuck over its face. That's something <laughs> you would hear about or maybe see a picture, but now you got these all over YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. And I'm thinking, don't they have a class for wild animals that they can say, don't do this? <laughs> well, this happened in Michigan, and firefighters there are trying to find this deer that's wandering around. And it's not just your average deer. It's wandering around with a plastic Halloween pumpkin bucket stuck to the front of its face. All they have to do is go to that home on the range. <laughs> that's where the deer and antelope play. That's the one. Jeff Ott captured video of the female deer in Cascade Township, Michigan. The Cascade Township Fire Department said firefighters were able to briefly capture the deer, but the animal kicked kicked loose of the restraints and ran off before the bucket could be removed. Firefighters are asking any residents to spot the deer, uh, who spot the deer, to contact the department. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources said the deer appears to be in good health and might manage to remove the bucket on its own. <laughs> might. Might. I can just see this deer wandering up, finding that thing on somebody's front porch, like Halloween, and going, <laughs> going, ooh, snacks, <laughs> and then getting stuck. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show, and boy, Mark, I'm so glad you got this story together for us today. Oh, well. Back many years in the seventies, my uh, nephew Wesley uh, was a premature baby, oh. and he he was so small. Okay, that um, they had they got the, the the clothing from Ladonna's dolls. Oh, that he was too bit too small for those. Okay, that's how little yeah. he was yeah. when he was born, and for the longest time, he was the smallest surviving baby ever okay mm-hmm. and but you have to take off the ever because net, since then there have been others that have been born and here's the thing that always gets me when you have a story like this you realize what we've been lied about you know with certain medical issues when it comes to babies in the womb mm. all right the world's smallest mm-hmm. surviving baby ever yeah. Was delivered at UAB. Yep, here in Birmingham. After receiving care for 275 days at UAB's Regional Neonatal Intensive Care Unit, the RNICU, Curtis Means was discharged from the hospital. Six months later, he was officially recognized by Guinness World Records as the world's most premature infant to survive. On July 4th of 2020, Michelle Butler went into labor at 21 weeks and one day gestation. She was immediately rushed to UAB Hospital. The following day, she gave birth to premature twins, Curtis and Sasia. Uh, uh, Being born so prematurely, the twins' chance of survival was less than 1%. The RNICU staff began registering post-birth care as the infants received ventilator and oxygen support in an effort to increase survival chances. Sadly, sister Sasia passed, uh, passed away a day later. According to UAB, as Curtis fought for life, his health began improving as his heart rate and oxygen levels increased. 
The RNICU staff began registering post-birth care as the infants, re- uh, the infants received ventilator and oxygen support in effort to increase survival chances. Uh, actually, I just I, I repeated that. Sorry about that. Yeah. According to UAB, as Curtis I, fought for life, well, I was going to interrupt Mark. Well, but I, I'm going to be honest. I, every now and again, when yeah. you get into a story, I'm yeah. picturing this. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I thought, didn't he just say that? And I'm like, <laughs> but I'm picturing in my head well, this, how yeah. small yeah. these little bit, how small they are, and the the type of talent, yeah, yeah. that goes into the medical staff in dealing with a a baby that yeah. is so small. I mm-hmm. mean, it just, I'm rubbing my hands together because I just can't imagine, you know? Yeah. yeah the, the statistics show babies born so young really have little to no chance to survive. Mm. Curtis's mom recalled the early days of his life, noting she knew it was too early to give birth. She said, I was just praying to say, you know, please keep my kids here with me, but it was just hard. Uh, she adds, when I knew that he wasn't having a good day, I just go over there to him and pray, hold my hand over him. The day I, days I was able to hold, I held him for about six hours straight. Mm-hmm. Curtis is now 16 months old and doing well, according to his mom. Prior to leaving UAB, Dr. Travers there asked uh, Butler for her permission to contact Guinness World Records to inquire about the possibility of her son being the youngest baby ever to be born. After six months of being home from the hospital, Curtis's care team surprised Butler at the UAB Women and Infant Center where they gifted the family with the Guinness World Records Certificate, which says Guinness World Records, the most premature baby to survive is Curtis Zy Keith Means, USA, Mm. who was born to Michelle Butler on 5th of July, 2020, at the University of Alabama at Birmingham Hospital in Alabama, USA, at a gestational age of 21 weeks, one day, or 148 days, making him 132 days premature. And just to be crystal clear here, liberal Democrats believe that you can kill that baby mm. in the womb, that it's not a person. They don't believe it is and a baby. I, I believe here it is right here. If you ever wondered, okay, and it just holy moly, you know, yeah, man. liferadio.fm it is the mark and max show where every day's a party every meal's a feast because we woke up we got a day (laughs) (laughs) yay us we were talking about healthy stuff earlier working on all that and kind of mocking it because you know when you're a kid and you i remember i had a friend of mine we're talking about do you what kind of life do you expect you know do you expect to live a long time Mm. and i remember thinking that it was kind of uh I don't know. Cool to say, I ain't going to make it until I'm 30, you know, that oh, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And you always have guys do that. And there was this one dude in our, he, I didn't particularly care for him because he was kind of out there, but I remember him saying, you know, man, I don't think I'm going to make it to 30. I want to live hard, die young and bury a good looking corpse. Yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, you, you really might want to separate those because it doesn't matter when you, you ain't burying a good looking corpse, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, unless something changes after you're dead. No, you, that one. So, Let's take that off the table right now, because the only way is if you get somebody else to die in your place and we bury that one. What we're saying here, buddy, or you you ugly. Stop it. I just remember thinking, dude, I think you could do with only three eyes. You don't have to have five, you know? Bless his heart. Anyway, (laughs) wacky but true bathtub drop-in. Yeah, a Russian couple had a narrow escape when their neighbor dropped in. The neighbor had been relaxing in her tub. When the floor gave way underneath her, dropping her and the tub into the apartment below. Whoa. (laughs) The woman, her bathtub, and lots of water landed in the middle of her neighbor's living room. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to start looking these up right now. You know? (laughs) Can you imagine? That's tough, man. (laughs) Okay. So, she was in the tub. Okay. Mm -hmm. Boy, you know... I mean, there's a lot going wrong here in this story. Oh, yeah. You're going to tell me that that bathtub had created such a leaking issue mm. that it was able to, over time, warp and wear out the wood yep. to where it would allow the bathtub to fall through. Yep. And there was no warning sign? Mm. None. Yeah. Well, All, I mean, 
you know as well as I do a leak in your house, how long it takes for you to even, once you find out there is a leak, you right. know? Yeah. But it isn't at that point. No, no. You would think the people below the plaster would <laughs> be falling off their ceiling. They'd yeah. be, but the thing is, okay, it, one, it's in Russia. Two, yeah. it's an, it's clearly, it's an apartment building of some kind. Sure. Okay. And it's got to be an old apartment building. And you know, <laughs> you know those stereotypical supers you see in the movies and like in, <laughs> in the in the Bronx where they say yeah yeah I'll get to it you know and and in in, in Russia yeah yeah I'll get to it you know come on <laughs> Schneider help us out that's right oh you keep complaining put a pot under it you know but <laughs> eventually it falls through and what I thought of was that scene in that that movie the Tom Hanks movie uh, the Money Pit yeah. <laughs> they're poor. the water upstairs doesn't work but they've got this gorgeous bathtub so they're lugging water up the stairs and they they they're pouring water in the bathtub and it falls through the floor <laughs> <laughs> and tom hanks just looks down the hole and laughs maniacally that's mm-hmm. about when he snapped <laughs> yeah that was actually the uh, trailer for the movie and uh, <laughs> that's it was, what he was again in real life movie yeah there you go <laughs> wow liferadio.fm the mark and max show and your home for the soundtrack for your life all day long great music back to back and uh, mark has decided to subtly terrorize me this morning <laughs> so there's nothing subtle about this <laughs> dude has sent me stories about a guy walking mm-hmm. on top of a hot air balloon yeah. at thirteen thousand mm-hmm. feet right and then here's the headline on this one that i'm not kidding my hands are, uh, we're just getting dry from sweating during the last, and adventure seekers can now hang 1,300 feet in the air. Ooh. Why? <laughs> because they're adventure seekers. That's why. That's, no. <laughs> we Not had- if anybody can do it. Now, if you do that on your own, you're the, you know, then it's something, but not if you don't, you don't even need to pass a test. No, no, no. Well, we've had stories about uh, the glass elevators on the outsides of skyscrapers. We've had oh. stories about the uh, the the places on on the yeah. uh, tall buildings where you can walk out on the glass floor and look down ah. way way below ah. you and all that stuff. Well, now City Climb—that's the name of it—is being billed as the world's highest external building climb. Visitors who dare can be face to face with New York City's famous skyline without railings or a glass window. Anissa Barbato, the manager from City Climb uh, Edge at Hudson Yards, says, so we're at the top of the world, but we're on top of the apex up here as part as a part of our attraction called City Climb. I'm doing a lean back on the apex, enjoying every minute of the New York City of New York City right now. And there's nothing but that apex between Barbato except 1300 feet and the potholes on the street. But there is nothing, but this is nothing to her, considering the tour leader used to be a circus aerialist. For this attraction, climbers suit up in specially designed safety harnesses. They can even lean out over the edge and look down at the Empire State Building if they want to look down at the Empire Mm. State Building. Um, But before they get to that point, climbers go through a series of safety protocols, including a breathalyzer test. (laughs) <laughs> i love it because sometimes some things make perfect sense yeah. when alcohol is involved oh, Be- before you put on the your bright blue full body suit she says we know it's safe and if you trust in us and you trust in the equipment and you trust in our process you will be very proud of what you can do be proud of your accomplishment accomplishment and proud of making it to the top of this building because we really are on top of the world if you trust us, uh-huh. trust equipment, tr- yep. no, no, no. <laughs> and if you get up there and there's a daggone hairy guy right behind you and he's swatting at airplanes, <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, and this is a Mr. Rogers kind of day, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, we're up and breathing, and uh, okay, that's about it. So, <laughs> our list has gotten very short, Mark. It doesn't take much for a great day. It does not take much to make us happy now. Up and breathing. Okay, <laughs> there you go. We yeah. scored. <laughs> Where's the remote? Woo, right. man, <laughs> man, you know, Mark. 
One of the greatest inventions of all time was the app you could download for your smartphone that was the remote for your TV. Oh, yeah. Be you know, because that was a, you know, in my my life with my kids has always been, where's the remote? Right. Why, you know, how yeah. is it that I can be in here and I never lose the remote or my car keys? Right. But y'all, no you can do something for five <laughs> minutes and can't find the keys or the remote. And I, the reason I need the keys because I got to drive to the store to buy another remote. Yep. I love that. Anyway. If you have a smart TV or uh, a, like a, a an Amazon Fire unit or an Apple TV or something like that, there's an app that goes with it. So you can control yeah, you everything. Can. It's awesome. Got yeah. it. Yeah. And love it. Yes, and me it too. also makes for, I love it when LaDonna is upstairs trying to watch something, you know, where she's <laughs> pretending like she's working or whatever. And I just start turning her TV up uh -huh. or yeah. turning it down, <laughs> muting it, changing the channel. And she's like, heck, man. What's going on anyway, here? Dave! Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you did, honey, but this TV, yeah. All right. Yeah. Mark, a woman is now wanted for trespassing near the Bronx Zoo lion exhibit. People are crazy. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say this is probably a big bag of crazy. Yeah, because she, this woman, two years ago, was charged with trespassing near the lion exhibit and taunting the animals at the Bronx Zoo. Really? Yeah. You're going to taunt the lion. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big bag of crazy. You're like the you entree. Okay. <laughs> You're just, yeah. And the lion's looking, he's, ooh, dinner. He, he's looking at you going, <laughs> yeah, I need a little salt for that one. Well, she's wanted again for doing the same thing this past week. Really? Police asked for the public's help Friday night in locating Myra Autry. She's 32 years old and is accused of trespassing in a fenced-in area near the lion exhibit. Cell phone video obtained by WNBC-TV shows a woman wearing a red dress and leopard print shawl standing across a moat from a lion and talking to it, holding roses and tossing money wow so the lady in red decides to mess with a lion while she's wearing something that looks like a leopard <laughs> <laughs> this is not the brightest bulb on the tree boy uh, you ain't kidding a zoo spokesperson said in a statement this situation involves one individual who is determined to harass our lions with no regard for her safety or the safety of our staff and our guests and no regard for the well-being of the lions. The Bronx Zoo has a zero-tolerance policy in matters such as this and will aggressively seek prosecution against this individual and anyone who violates park safety rules. Police said uh, this woman left mm -hmm. the scene and is being sought on a new trespassing charge. Not clear if she has a lawyer who could respond to the allegations. Well, if they could <laughs> find that, they could find her. But, hey, what, what do I know, Mark? What gets me is that this is, they don't, Okay, here's what they say. She has no regard for her well-being for the lions, right? She's harassing the lions. Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing. They're not saying anything about how dangerous this is. <laughs> you know, the fact that she could whine, she could be lion chow. You know, it, she, they don't say anything about that. It's, oh, the poor lions. Trust me, <laughs> the lions can take care of themselves. If she crosses the lion, the lions are not going to care. Okay, I'm I'm with you now. I, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. <laughs> you're right all the way through. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show, and the soundtrack for your life all day long. Uh, we do appreciate you joining us and ask that you share it on social media. Um, just LifeRadio.fm or listening to Mark and Mac LifeRadio.fm. Just yeah. you know. Download the app. It's very cool. You will have fun with it, I think. No, I know you will. You know, <laughs> you, you mentioned something earlier today talking about, well, you're listening to Christian music anyway when right, we're not yeah. yammering. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we kind of, you know, got a feeling for who you are. And I will tell you, I have thrown in some legendary cuts, okay? Yeah. There are some songs, and a friend pointed this out the other day. She said, I don't know the last time I heard that song. Mm. And I thought, okay, I listen. She sang that it's a bad thing or that's a good thing, you know? <laughs> I think it's and, a good thing. Yeah, well, no, it was just her, the way she said it. I was wondering. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, it reminded me of a conversation I had with another guy when I'm like, we're not playing Petra or Striper. Stop it. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Mark. And, and there's a reason. There's yeah, maybe someday. Big one. We, there may be, well, 
No, we won't go into it. Um, <laughs> no, not now, because yeah. I want to know, what did I hit? But that would be like revealing the secret sauce. We're not going to do that. Yeah, what did I hit? According to stat, stats, statistics, the statistics are everywhere. Here are the top five objects struck by vehicles besides other cars. Oh, okay. Okay. Number one is trees. That's the number one thing people have hit with their car. Number they two, didn't know. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, these are the top five objects. It's not that they didn't know. It's just these oh, are the top five okay. objects. See, I was thinking you got home. Your wife goes, "What in the? <laughs> where did were you?" Hit? Yeah, <laughs> you can walk out of the driveway the next morning. There's a big dent. What, what you eat? <laughs> That's right. Number one is trees. Number two is wooden utility poles, as opposed to the metal ones. That's okay. right. Yes. Number three would be an embankment. I thought number three and number four were pretty close to the same thing. You know? Well, the embankment goes, embank- it goes right next to the ditch, yes, which is number four. <laughs> and then finally, number five would be a fence. Okay, here's how it works, Mark. Yes. Basically, depending on your speed, you number five, you hit the fence. Number two, you're going faster, so you hit the ditch. <laughs> you jump the ditch. You keep going through the ditch, and you're up the embankment. That's right. And at the top of that, there's a wooden utility pole that you take that one out. It slows you down just enough so that as you hit the tree, your car stops. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mag show and you know mark when when you sent me this story in mm-hmm. the headline y'all the headline says this when twitter went public yeah confused investors bought the wrong stock Don't. i got it back in the early 90s mark um i was working in top 40 radio with our buddy rusty yeah although back then you know what his radio name was when i first met him Johnny Dive. Yeah, Johnny and, Dive. And he didn't spell it like D-I-V-E. He spelled it D-I-E-V-E. Okay. <laughs> and people were always going, Dave? D- what? <laughs> anyway, Johnny Dive. Spell Cabo. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. But anyway, so <laughs> I'm we're at this top 40 station, and I was, uh, I, I was doing... Uh, side work, you know, playing club gigs and uh, birthday parties and yeah. all kinds of stuff to make yeah. extra money. And anyway, I kept getting this request for a song, uh, Friends in Low Places. But I wasn't into country music at the time. I hadn't done it in a few years. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know the song and I didn't know who did it. And anyway, so I go to uh, back then we had a store that sold music. It sold them on records and <gasps> tape. And it wow. was amazing and and cds oh man so anyway i go in to this record store and i start looking for friends in low places well i find it i'm excited because i kept getting requests for it so Mm. that night i go to play it and i put it on and i'm i'm but these people who've been bugging me about it were regulars right and so here it is i put it on there and i expected them to go oh yeah Mm. i'm not kidding one of them came over what what is that (laughs) i'm like that's what you've been bugging me to play. And they're like, no. And I bought Friends in Low Places by Mark Chestnut, you know? Oh, no. And because I didn't know that it had been recorded by several people. Uh-oh. I mean, I didn't know that there was some guy named Garth Brooks. I didn't know. So anyway, whenever people get confused about something, that's what I think of because it burned me in a big way. That was 10 bucks just thrown out the window. So I understand how Twitter people, people buying stock could get confused. Yeah. I just wish it was our company that was the benefactor of it all. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? People think they're buying M&Ms. They're buying the Mark and Max show. (laughs) Hmm. I got to go change the name on something. Yeah. Um, well, we are living in the era of meme investing when stock prices suddenly balloon for reasons unconnected with how much the company is actually worth. The era started approximately as soon as the stock market began. <laughs> it kicked into high gear during the 90s tech boom and mm-hmm. came back again during the next tech boom, the rise of social media. In November of 2013, Twitter was about to go public for the first time, and its shares would sell for about... 45 bucks at the end of the first trading day. A month before that, though, investors Mm -hmm. thought they spotted some shares in the wild, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Twitter was going to trade under the code TWTR. And they saw shares for sale using the code TWTRQ. 
Now, those are different codes, of course, Mm. but the investors thought correctly that the Q was just something authorities stick on the end when there's something funny about the stock. That funny thing, they guessed, was that the stock was being listed too early, which is why they were able to snap up shares for less than a penny. A penny. Wow. The stock started the day at less than a penny. Anyway, in a few hours, it rose 1,800%. A few investors figured they had suddenly become very rich. Well, TWTRQ was not actually Twitter. Oh, no. You're probably ahead of me here. It was a company called Tweeter Audio and Video. Wow. And that Q on the end of the code was supposed to warn investors that this was a bankrupt company and the (laughs) stock was worthless. So all these people drove it up from less than a penny to to over eighteen dollars a share. Oh, and my. it was worthless. <laughs> wow, Mark. Sadly, that would be the story I would tell you if I invested. <laughs> right there. Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mac Show, and uh, Mark. As we wind the show down today. Mm. Seeing a story where mourners reveal most bizarre things witnessed at funerals. Yeah. I will tell you that I would like to be a part of that. I I really would. I I would like to be. (laughs) And every time I think about it, I wonder, you know, because I I say it out loud sometimes and I'm kind of doing that as a warning so that LaDonna knows that, you know, hey, man, there is no rest in peace. You know, (laughs) it ain't happening. I'm going to have it hooked up, but there's a little motor inside where right before they close the casket, it's me going, no, no. <laughs> oh, man. Well, a final a sen- sound. Oh, get me out. Mark, help. help please. <laughs> have a little bell on the top, you know. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, the funeral, the final send off right. is a time. For the celebration of a life, a time to grieve and and remember a loved one. Or in Dave's case, put your face in your hands and go, I can't believe he did that. Uh, but yeah. sh- shockingly, things can go wrong and even result in a graveside controversy. A new survey oh, really? in the UK has uncovered, says- has uncovered what some of these unfortunate incidents are most likely to be. According Uh to the research, now this is science, people. According to Uh the research, around one in five Brits have witnessed drunks, drunkenness at a funeral. Oh, come on. Like, that's a given, right? Yeah, I think it is, too, in a lot of cases. Whilst uh, family fights are, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. the most common sight. (laughs) Howard Hodgson, he's the founder and executive, uh, chief executive of Affordable Funerals. (laughs) a discount funeral i love that if your life is one big thrift store here you go (laughs) that's what it is it's um let's see howard hodgson he's the founder and chief executive of affordable funerals said the vast majority of families behave with dignity at a funeral however on occasion there can be tension verbal (laughs) abuse or even physical violence this usually happens when Either two warning branches of a family are forced together because of a death or when someone excluded decides to attend anyway. The funeral of a loved one means that emotions are running high and therefore the emotion of grief can translate into anger and irrational violence very quickly. Drunkenness and physical fights are very unpleasant in normal life and totally inappropriate when someone is being laid to rest. While these terrible scenarios are not something our staff are rarely confronted uh, they are, are rarely, rarely confronted with. They do occur occasionally. Um, How did Dave die? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the study um, discovered that twenty percent of those with those quizzed have seen a family argument during funeral proceedings, and nineteen percent said they'd been in the presence of drunkenness. Meanwhile, some ten percent had witnessed a physical fight, and nine percent had, had seen drug taking and <laughs> and or another death somebody died at the funeral wow yeah i you know mark i whenever we have a story dealing with death you know and funerals and i it is the one story i know i'm gonna get blamed for whatever is said (laughs) but you have burned me a couple times because you said some stuff too (laughs) 
Oh, I know, I have. And usually, but it's all Dave. It's usually, Dave. it's like that. I can't believe Dave said that. It was no, me. I know. It was I, me. <laughs> what I think of is uh, Paramount Memorial Park offers you and your loved ones complete funeral services at a reasonable price. Hey, you're young and swinging. No time to think about tomorrow. Six convenient locations, plus for group rates and free parking. It's all yours at Ferriman Funeral. That's it. Y'all have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye-bye. Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings, only on LifeRadio.fm.